This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, I am so excited about this interview today. This was like definitely one of my top five favorite interviews that we've ever done on this show because Tiffany is such a wealth of knowledge and we can go anywhere from going in about business to going in about God. And I just love that about her. And I know you guys are going to enjoy this interview, but before we get there, let me tell you guys a little bit about my girl, Tiff. Tiffany is a dynamic powerhouse who is the visionary leader behind T3 Diversity Solutions. She is an award-winning serial entrepreneur who is passionate about business and economic development through equipping women-owned and managed enterprises. As a result, Tiffany is a member of many committees and organizations whose purpose is to support business and economic development in the greater Philadelphia region. And to keep bragging on her a little bit, because why not? <laughs> she was Funtime Magazine's Top 30 People to Watch awardee in 2019. She was Philadelphia's Boom 103.9 30 Under 30 honoree in 2018. And she's a two-time recipient of a citation from the city of Philadelphia for entrepreneurship, civic responsibility, and social justice. Without further ado, let me introduce you guys to my girl, Tiff. And today's interview is all about mastering ministry and marketplace. Let's get into it. Work hard for what you want in life. You work hard for what you want in life. That, that, that your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say. You what you say. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat, 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 treat people with respect. Reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard. The strength of your dreams and your willingness to Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode because I get to interview someone who I personally admire. Tiffany, you do such an excellent job of mastering ministry and marketplace. Like on one end, you are going to give a whole entire word and pray the house down. And then on the other end, you're going to give a whole entire blueprint that's going to help people increase their business. And you effortlessly flow between the two. And it's like on top of that, for you guys who are just meeting Tiffany, full-time serial entrepreneur, professor, student, and serves in the church. I have no clue how she does all of this, but just the way though that you flow between ministry and marketplace is just very admirable for me. And I like to pay attention and take notes from afar because I believe that success leaves clues. So I'm just excited to have you on here and really dive deeper into your story. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. And it's interesting that you say you admire me because I admire you and I watch a lot of what you do. And I think that the community that you have built and the platform that you have is amazing and it's genuine. So I'm grateful to be here. 
Thank you. So let's start from the beginning. How did you get into entrepreneurship? <laughs> I did not get into entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship chose me. So <laughs> I've always had an interest in event planning. And when people hear that, they're kind of like, wait, but you do business consulting. So I have owned and or own four businesses. So three of which are still open and operational. Uh, there's a lesson in knowing when to close a business, but that's another conversation for another day. But I started my first business in January of 2012, and I started an event planning company. So I always had a background in events. I love doing events and just knew that that was the thing that I was passionate about. And I started the business after hearing a sermon from my pastor about how it is that God will use what you're naturally gifted to do and allow you to prosper, to make money from it. And I, one, had never heard that period, but I had certainly never heard it in church. So I started the business, didn't really do much with it. I was very fearful. I didn't know anything. Today, we have so much access to information and we have so much access to all of these different coaches. It's really kind of an oversaturated market at this point, but that wasn't available in 2012. So I really didn't know what to do. And I was still working a full-time job, made a leap of faith and was working within the events industry and I got fired and I became unexpectedly unemployed, literally didn't know what to do, ended up wandering around the city looking for a job because I literally didn't know what to do. And that happened in January of 2013, a year after I started my business. And once I kind of got home, calmed down, it was like this light bulb went off and was like, you know, you do realize that you have a business, right? Like you have this whole entity that you created. You've had a couple of clients. You've just not been running it. And ever since then, I've been about this life as an entrepreneur. So once you realized that I had this business, what was the next step to then making that something that made you money? Mm, getting help. So when I first started my first year of business, I probably made like $500 the entire year. But that was also because I wasn't working the business the way that I do now. People can't buy what you don't sell. But I didn't know that in January 2012. I thought that if I just posted something to social media and put up a couple of pictures, that people would gravitate to what I was selling. So in January of 2013 is when I hired my first business coach. And that's what really changed the game for me because I learned how to monetize my skill set. I learned how to properly market and, you know, all of the things that we do now with creating funnels and all of that. So getting help is really what pushed me from not making money to making a little bit of money. And then consistency, like no one's going to do the work, but you, if you don't do it, it won't happen. And then I would say the third thing was knowing when to level up and really kind of step outside of my comfort zone and stretch myself as far as investments go and hiring my second business coach, who was much more expensive than the first one, but hiring <laughs> the second business coach literally is what has helped me to stay self-employed because there's a difference between becoming self-employed and building a business that's sustainable. Right, exactly. And I'm so glad you touched on investing in yourself because that's something I'm just heavy on. If somebody has the knowledge, I don't know why I'm about to bang my head against the wall to try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, they don't invest in themselves or they don't have that mindset because they're focused on maybe the lack of resources to make that investment. So since you were at the time, your business wasn't doing what you wanted it to do and you didn't have the comfort of a two week or twice a month paycheck, how did you find the resources then to invest in the business? Yeah. So I love this conversation and I always tell people, I don't have any sympathy for anybody in the area of investing in themselves. And the reason <laughs> why is because both times I invested in myself on unemployment. I made the sacrifices. I was recently having a conversation with someone and I had made a comment. I was talking about Nene Leaks and the person asked me, how did I know who they were? And I was like, oh, like she's on one of the Real Housewife shows. And they said, oh, you know, you must watch those shows. And I'm like, nope, 
I don't have cable. So I know who she is through social media. One of the first things that I did though, back in 2013, I got rid of all the extras. So cable was the first thing to go. Everybody know cable by itself is a hundred and something dollar bill per month. So I got rid of the things that I did not need. I stopped going out to lunches and brunches. I started doing my own hair and my own nails. And that lasted for well over a year. To this day, I still don't have cable. I will never get it because it's a ripoff. Um, <laughs> but when I'm looking at expenses and really investments, I ask myself, where can I find the money? And oftentimes it's not a matter of not having the money. It's that people don't want to discipline themselves and they don't want to make the sacrifice. Anybody who knows me will tell you I am the queen of making a sacrifice because I understand the sacrifices are temporary. So even with all that we're dealing with, you know, right now, not being able to like get my hair done and my nails done and those things. I've been about this life. If you've been an entrepreneur, like this stuff is not new to you, but really just making sacrifices and getting rid of the things that I didn't need. The first coach that I invested in, it was $150 a month. And for me, that was a stretch, right? I wasn't a good steward over my finances at the time. I was still navigating how to be fiscally responsible. I was still navigating how to like stop living paycheck to paycheck and not even that, but how to stop living above my means. So I'm still navigating all of these kind of financial things. And I was also on unemployment at the time, but I asked God, I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, I believe that you will provide a way for it to happen, that you will provide the resources. And literally like the week before my first investment, my first payment was due, I signed a contract with somebody for $200 a month. So literally it took care of itself, but I still had to make sacrifices. 150 of that was going to be going to a business coach. I still had to get back and forth to meet with the coach and still needed to live. And I just had to make sacrifices. And I think that we live in a world that doesn't want to make sacrifices. This episode is brought to you by Fiverr. Let's talk about finding freelance talent for your business or project. Sometimes a business needs to quickly pivot in order to reach a goal. Or maybe an unexpected obstacle occurred, like what's going on in the world right now, making it impossible to meet your deadline with the size of your current team. So in this instance, where do you go to find on-demand talent? How much will it cost? How can you be certain they'll deliver? Finding the right freelancer can be time-consuming, it can be frustrating, and honestly, it could be really expensive. Fiverr's platform helps keep businesses moving with a network of trusted freelance talent. I personally have been using Fiverr since I became an entrepreneur in 2015. I've used it everywhere from podcast editing to graphics to presentations to logos. I've used them for just about everything. And it's so easy to find someone because you can read reviews, you can see examples of their work. Um, and if you have any further questions, you can always chat with them and they'll answer any questions that you may have about what they do. So I absolutely love it. You can easily find what you're looking for by searching by service, deadline, price, reviews, and so much more. You'll know exactly what you're paying for upfront. So no negotiating is even necessary. Plus, on top of all of that, Fiverr has 24-7 customer service to help you with any problems that may arise. Check out Fiverr.com today and receive 10% off your first order by using my code BLESSED. It's so easy. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code BLESSED. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code BLESSED. Let's get back to the show. That's good. That's really good. So you've invested in yourself. You've got these business coaches. What were some of the things that you applied that allowed you to really see that turnaround in your business? There are some skills that are like things that can be taught. And then there are many that can't be. So the two skills that really can't be taught are consistency and discipline. That really comes down to who you are as a person. And if I can be completely transparent, I've not always been consistent and I've not always been disciplined. Even being eight years into business ownership, I still have those moments where 
I have to kind of snap back to it and tell myself, you should definitely be working more. You could be going harder. There's something more that you should be doing or even maintaining what you're currently doing. Don't get comfortable. Don't fall off. So these are conversations that I still have to have with myself. I'm human just like everyone else. But those two skills are skill sets can't be taught, but they are skills that are critical that you apply in order to see success in business. Now, as far as the tangible things, I would say that some of the things that I have learned is how to communicate with my audience. What is it that they like to hear? What content resonates with them? Again, now we have so many tools that make this very easy. These tools weren't available to us when we started eight years ago. It just didn't exist. But now you can check analytics and insights and you have all of these different metrics and there are systems that do them for you automatically. So taking advantage of the systems that are in place that are free, such as the analytics and the insights on Instagram. So that's one thing, learning how to communicate with my audience. Another thing is creating value, creating things that people want and really selling my expertise around that. Again, that is something that I'm always working to improve upon because I think that as an expert, if you ever stop learning and growing, that you're actually kind of selling yourself short. So I'm always trying to figure out ways to enhance my skill set as an expert and selling that value to people who need it. That's really good. I'm glad you touched on value because I believe that a lot of people struggle with identifying their value. And that's a whole different thing aside from the business. But Mm -hmm. as it relates to business, a lot of people struggle with communicating that value. And Mm -hmm. so when you first started off, the coaching industry was not as saturated as it is now. And now it's super duper saturated. Don't get me started on what it's looking like (laughs) while this pandemic is going on. Okay. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, we ain't going to talk about it. We ain't going to talk about it. (laughs) Oh my, it's crazy. But since you have experience kind of going into an industry that's up and coming, and then also providing value in an industry that's saturated. What did that look like then when there weren't a bunch of coaches? And then how did that change now with there being a ton of coaches? Oh, it was easy at first. The reason why I started consulting and doing the coaching is because at the time when I first started my business, the only way that you could have a business coach is if you had $10,000 for a two day weekend. And like, you weren't even working with like the lead coach. You were working with the coaches, coaches, coach, right? And I knew that I wanted to offer something that was more accessible and something that is real. I wanted to be able to reach more of the everyday entrepreneur. Most entrepreneurs are not rolling in the dough. They're not making multiple six figures. Many entrepreneurs struggle to even get to the six figure mark. So I wanted to cater to the person who was more of the realistic version of an entrepreneur. It was very easy for me to do that in the beginning. And literally, I didn't even have to look for clients when I first started. Like clients were coming to me and they were already ready to invest. Whatever I told them the price was, they had no concerns, no issues. They had no problems paying the investment. And people wanted to have a business coach. I think that the industry has been tainted by a lot of negativity. And like you said, during this time of the pandemic, people are just popping up out of the woodworks. And while I believe that everyone has something in them, some skill set or gift that can be monetized, when people get screwed over, for lack of a better way to say it, it leaves a bad taste in their mouths and it really taints the industry as a whole. So now it's much more challenging. You have to prove to people that you are who you say you are, that you have the results that you say you have. There's more competition. You're competing with people who might have beautiful branding and beautiful graphics, but behind the scenes, everything is horrible or they don't really know what they're doing. You're competing with people who maybe got something right one time uh, and they've never tested their results to see if it's something that can be duplicated. And then there are issues with the person that's investing is on the receiving end of that. So now 
it is more challenging, but it's not a challenge that is beyond me or that's beyond anyone. But it's a challenge that I'm definitely up for. And I just have to remain true to who I am and to my message of faith in business. And even that has become overly saturated. People are selling faith because they know that it sells. They know that people are looking for something to believe in. And a lot of times that comes down to faith. So people are selling that as well. But one thing that I have learned in this oversaturated industry is that the truth will reveal itself in due time. And people do not play those games anymore. They will research, they will dig up some past, they will have their cousin in somebody's backroom department research <laughs> to find out something. Like if people will find out if you are the real deal or not very quickly. So I think that in an oversaturated market, being able to sell your value really goes back to consistency. Keep communicating the same message. And it's just like the wheat and the tear. The tear will be torn away, it will fall apart, it's going to fall to the ground. But the wheat will still be standing and will still be strong and healthy and it will prove itself. That's so, so good. Two things that I want to pull out in case the people who are listening missed it is one, you have to identify the gap in the market. Mm -hmm. And then two, you have to be very specific about who you're talking to. So for you guys that are listening, whatever industry, whether it's saturated or not, find where the gap is. It's not enough to just say, I want to be a coach. That's not okay. Congratulations. But Mm -hmm. where's the gap in the marketplace? Who are the people that you're targeting and how specific can you get? Because that's going to allow you to really speak to somebody in particular. And I'm glad that you pointed out the difference because like you said, Back then, people were paying 10000 a month for a business coach. But then the everyday person who may not have had that, now they're left without the guidance or the education or whatever in order to make their business successful. So you were able to really hone in on that audience and find that gap. So I hope you guys really took that. This episode is brought to you by Issue. If you're creative, then you know, once you create the content, not only do you have to make it perfect and edit it and make it nice, you then have to format it for all the different platforms. So you got to format it for Instagram, the page and the stories, all of these different platforms. But Issue is an all-in-one platform that allows you to create and distribute your digital publications from brochures to magazines to sales collateral and more. It's perfect for anybody who is a creative, if you're a marketer, a designer, educator, or whomever, if you're making eye-catching content, then issue is what you need. Once you create it, you are able to distribute it everywhere so you don't have to keep reformatting and all of those things that I talked about. Everything is optimized to post on your website, social platforms, of course, Instagram and Facebook, and they can even help you make those animated stories that's really popular right now. And best of all, it's free to get started with Issue. So go to issue.info slash blessed to sign up for your free account. That's I-S- su.info slash blessed to sign up and let them know that you heard about it from our show. Remember, that's dot .info, not dot .com, y'all, dot .info. So go to issue.info slash blessed and sign up for your free account today. Let's get back to the show. Tiffany, with the people that you work with, I think that you have like something extra that a lot of people don't have, like that consistency and that discipline. And I believe that's one of the things that make a lot of people successful. It isn't how much marketing knowledge you have or how much sales experience you have. If you have consistency and discipline, you'll figure everything out. But a lot of people really struggle with that. Like when I listen to your story, a lot of people would have been so afraid in the beginning, they might not have even gotten to this point. So Talk about some of the mindset shifts that you have to address as it relates to the people that you work with within your business, because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with and it keeps them stuck. Hmm. This is good. So to the point that you just made, one of my good girlfriends, she actually 
I feel like is better at pushing this than I am. But one of the things that she always <laughs> says about me is that I am a holistic coach, right? And not holistic in terms of like herbs and all that type of stuff, but I'm holistic in that I've worked with the entire person. What I figured out very early in my journey is that I would never get to the financial success that I desired if I did not deal with the spiritual, mental, and emotional aspects of who I am as a CEO. So all of my clients go through a process, which I call the CEO development process. And this is where I help to develop business owners or people with an idea into chief executive officers. Chief executive officers don't make excuses, right? They don't have time for excuses. They're too busy making executive decisions. So with every single client, people would probably be very surprised with how much ministry goes into the work that I do. I mean, most of my clients, and I don't know what this is about, but literally probably about 90% of my clients are women who are either married and or have children. I don't have either. I'm not married. I don't have children. But what that means is that as a coach, I am not only speaking to a single woman by herself. I am speaking to a woman who is responsible for raising children, being a contributor to her household, and also being a leader in the marketplace and trying to figure out how to be all of these things at the same time. I spend a lot of time talking to parents about like meal prepping, right? That there are these simple things, things that you would think that they would come to the table with. But when you're working with someone who is married and has children, the conversation around the amount of time that they dedicate to their business is different. So their mindset, though, has to shift. When I'm talking to women who are married, I'm coaching them through conversations that they need to have with husbands, right? You need to sit down and have a conversation with your husband about when you need to dedicate time to your business. If they're still working a full-time job, that adds an additional layer of responsibility. So everything that I do before we get to the money, we have to conquer the mindset. I deal with a lot of individuals who are insecure, who don't have faith, right? That when they come to me and anybody who comes and works with me, you better know you're going to get this prayer. You're going to get this spiritual encouragement. This is the way that we do things over here. And anybody who doesn't want that, that's totally fine because I understand who I'm called to serve. But when you come here, we're going to feed your spirit first, because if I can't get you to understand that it's important for you to pray every day in your business. If I can't get you to understand the significance of tithing, I can help make a lot of money. But if you are not sowing, oh, that seed is going to be scattered and you're going to quickly see that everything that you're bringing in is being scattered. So I could give countless examples about mindset. Mindset is not just about the natural mind, but it's also about your spiritual mind. It's about that self-esteem. It's about the confidence that you have in your skill set. It's about the tenacity that you have, the boldness and the courage. There's so many things that go into that, but every single client, and I'm not making this up, 100% of my clients all have an issue with mindset. And literally, I can always tell when the shift happens, when they move from being these self-sabotaging individuals to being a CEO. I can tell every single client. That's so good. And that's something that I've really prioritized this year. Like one of the things that as I was praying about at the end of last year, because usually around December, God has me take the month off and like rest. And mm -hmm. that's when I really like am praying and like, okay, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing mm -hmm. next year? What's going on? And one of the things that he was showing me was the importance of being an executive. And he gave me the example of you have to transition from being an entrepreneur to an executive because an entrepreneur is all about the grind. It's all about the next bag that you're going to secure. It's the hustle. It's this anxious way of working as mm. if there's no structure in place that's going to make this stuff happen already. And then going into this year, getting ready to have a baby, God was really just honing in on that for me. It's not been easy, but it's not been that difficult either because consistency and discipline are things that I've always tried to train myself to do. And so 
for you guys that's listening, don't wait until you get married or have a kid to try to figure out how to be mm. consistent and be disciplined. You mm-hmm. got to train yourself to do that prior to. I was reading this book and I loved it. It pointed out that none of us are born with the natural desire to do everything well or do things right or do things that are desirable to God. Our flesh is something that we have to constantly pretty much put down so that we can do things the way that God wants us to do things. And God wants us to do things in decency and in order. But so many of us, especially now, so many people are so pressed about how you feel. It's like the hippie, you know, remember like the hippies? Mm-hmm. And how it was just this like go with the flow, everything's love. Like that's kind of how it feels right now as it relates to a lot of people when it comes to business. And even those who try to bring spirituality, quote unquote, mm-hmm. into it, it's this hippie vibey thing as opposed to it being what it needs to be, which is decency and order. And I'm talking about business. We ain't going to get into that as far as faith is concerned, mm-hmm. but things need to be done in decency and in order. So again, for you guys that's listening, it's important that you train yourself. If it's as simple as I'm going to wake up at the same time every day, simply because I said I was, then Mm -hmm. do that. If it's, I'm going to cook this for dinner simply because I said I was, and I'm going to cook it at this time, that's training you to be consistent. And that's training you to have discipline because you can't hustle your way into multi-million dollar business. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And it's something that for me, I always check myself even now being pregnant. By the time the show come out, I probably even had the baby already. But (laughs) (laughs) when it came to my podcast, the question came up of, okay, are you going to take a break from the show while you're on maternity leave or is the show still going to come out? Mm -hmm. And I had to sit down with myself and be like, no, the show is still going to come out. Why would it not? If I know that I'm pregnant for nine months, you mean to tell me I can't make three months worth of content? In the midst of these nine months? (laughs) You had nine months to get ready, sis. That is so... Oh my God. I think that might be the realest thing I've heard all day. Like, you had so much time to get prepared. And like, even with you scheduling this, like, I think I scheduled this like well over a month ago for us to record. And it, it goes back to preparation as well. Mm-hmm. And like we said, it's really about um, doing things in decency and order. So you mentioned that I was in school and then I got the nerve to be pursuing a dual master's degree, which is even more nuts. Uh, so on one side, I'm in seminary and on the other side, I'm in business school getting my MBA. And on the seminary side, I recently learned in an Old Testament class, and we were talking about Adam and Eve and the original design that God had in mind for work, that it was never God's intention for us to toil. Toil Mm -hmm. is undue, like hardship or unnecessarily hard labor. That's what toil is. And that was never a part of God's design. And I'm just in a place in general, like you said, we could talk about this on so many levels, but I'm in a place in general where I'm not subscribing to the way that the world does things anymore. Mm -hmm. I made this decision Mm, probably two years ago in every area of my life. I'm not buying into that. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid when it comes to that. And I'm really challenging along with you and what you just said, everybody who hears this, you need to think about if you are operating your business in decency and order. I had a conversation with someone yesterday and I was up late and they wanted to know, you know, like, why are you up until the wee hours of the morning? Or why were you trying to push yourself to stay up so late? And I told them it's because I took a nap, but I still owe you power. <laughs> like, seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that as entrepreneurs, and this is the thing, you know, people like, oh, I can take naps whenever I want to and all of that. But this is where discipline comes in. I took a late nap, but I still owe my business hours. I am the CEO. So there is no one who's going to check me but me. The only other person or or the only other one that's going to check me is God. And I think, you know, a shameless plug to your book, The uh, God as My CEO. I think I'm saying the name all wrong and totally butchering that. But, you know, with God being the CEO of your life and of your business, you have to check in with God. So even if nobody else sees what you are doing or what you're not doing, I live by Colossians 3 and 23, that I'm working as if I'm working unto the Lord. So if I decided that I needed a nap in the day, that's cool. Because again, God didn't ordain for us to have toil in our labor, 
but I still have the responsibility of being disciplined and doing things in decency and in order. So if I decide to cut hours out of my workday because I needed to rest, I have to make those up somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so good. That's so yeah. good. And so speaking of faith, though, when you first got started in entrepreneurship, were you already saved, like saved, saved, where you were really living for God? Or is that something <laughs> that came about and learning how to make him the CEO? Or was that something that came about as your journey progressed? Uh, I was not here <laughs> when I first started. <laughs> I was not here, but I'm grateful. I'm so glad that you asked this question because I feel like this is an opportunity, you know, to be really transparent. I mean, mm-hmm. sis was doing what she wanted to do and I am sis. And <laughs> for me, a lifestyle of obedience, if I can be completely transparent, I mean, it just hit maybe like a year to 18 months ago. Like it's not been a long part of my journey. Now I was always disciplined as far as praying, but I even had to learn to pray in a new way to stop going to God, crying to him, God, please send me a client. Please send me this. Please send me that. And God sitting back like, but you're not disciplined. So no, you don't listen. So no, you're not tithing. So no. And I got tired of the not yet from God, right? You know, promises are yes and amen. So I knew that I would be successful in this, but it was just a matter of when. And I had to grow in my faith. I always say that ministry is what perfected me and is a perfecting work. I didn't get into ministry as a perfect person, but ministry has been perfecting me. And even as it pertains to business, because for me, my business is ministry. This journey made me better. I didn't come to the journey prepared already. I was still doing what I wanted to. And I talk about my own journey. Everyone's convictions are different. But for me, like I was still partying heavily. I literally, and I, me and uh, my best friend, we tell this story all the time. Like, I can't tell you how many times I would show up to like Saturday morning prayer at my church after being out all night on Friday, praying to somebody <laughs> that smelled liquor on my breath. Like seriously, but I showed up every Saturday and the responsibility to show up is what made me better. I had accountability now and having accountability and discipline in ministry is what helped my business. As I became better at being a better steward over the spiritual things, I also became a better steward over the natural things, including the business that God gifted me with. This is a blessing. I've seen God. Oh my God. I have seen God give and take away in this thing called entrepreneurship. Like I said, it's been a perfecting work. It is not a place that I think that you ever arrive at as far as obedience is concerned. It's a lifestyle. So it means you're always striving for it. But I would challenge people and I could get real deep. I'm not going to do it because we'll be on here all day. But just know that if once you know better, you have to do better. And that little thing that is like nagging you that you know God is telling you to stop doing or that you need to change in your life. Please understand that until he gets what belongs to him, which is you, until he gets all of you, you're not going to have all of what you desire in him. You may have some success. He got the provider. So he's going to keep food on your table, a roof over your head, clothes on your back. But the overflow, he's not mandated to give that to you if you're not obedient. And I wanted the overflow. So I had to change a lot of what I was doing in my life. Like I said, I'll just stop there with the things. (laughs) needed to change. (laughs) No, that's so good. I'm glad that you touched on that because a lot of people start with that enthusiasm. And Mm -hmm. so for me, thinking about my own faith journey, I didn't get saved, saved till a couple years ago. And Mm -hmm. I was the same as you, but I wasn't in no ministry. (laughs) I was was just out here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But once I started that nagging, so once I realized like, yo, Tatum, you're going to have to make a decision Mm because you flip flopped enough. And I had to humanize God a little bit in my mind because I'm like, you hate when people flip flop with you, where people Mm. say they're going to do something for you and they don't do it. So you don't give that same level of respect you require to the one who created you. Something's wrong. And so I'm like, oh, God, let's do it. I'm in this with you. I'm making this commitment with you. And I'm very big on integrity. So if I say I'm going to do something, I have to do it. I don't care what comes up. I have to do it because I said it. And so for me, making that covenant with God was Mm. so important. 
important. And that was the thing that really kept me straight. And not to say I never sinned again, but I never turned my back on God again. Mm-hmm. If I ever found myself off, I had the Holy Spirit on the inside of me to say, hey, tap, 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 what's up? And be mm-hmm. like, oh, no, God, I'm sorry. I repent. I turn away. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but a lot of people really struggle with staying the course of that journey of obedience. So for you, what would you tell somebody who's struggling with keeping that decision and truly committing to living a life of obedience? Mm-hmm. Child, I'm literally in tears right now because as I'm listening to you talk, I tell myself and, you know, some days I have to remind myself because some days are, you know, harder than others, that my yes to God is the best decision that I've ever made. For me, not being obedient to God landed me in places that jeopardized my mental stability, my emotional well-being my physical safety, um, and my relationship with him. I got saved at the age of nine, so I've been saved. But relationship with God didn't start until, honestly, right before, maybe like six months before I started my business, is when I began to develop a relationship with God. I feel like this is the most obedient I have ever been since I said yes. And I remember standing in my pastor's office at the end of last year and I was in tears and we're talking about things. And I told him, I said, the reason why I'm so emotional and why I've literally just been like crying, like just walking around the house crying, like nothing's wrong, just crying um, (laughs) because I'm totally dependent on God and it's scary. I don't know what life is like. This is new to me to be totally dependent on him and to say yes to whatever no matter the cost, I have lost relationships because of that. Yes. And I'm wise enough to know spiritually and naturally that if I lost it, it wasn't for me. If the enemy took it, the enemy can have it. But it took me years to get to that place to say, okay, it's been plenty of times when something didn't go my way. I mean, this is everything from dating to business opportunities, to things that I wanted to do and it wouldn't work out or it wouldn't pan out the way that I thought that it was going to. And I would be disappointed. And then I would literally hear like God's voice saying, but I'm just trying to help you. And what God began to show me and God began to give me an understanding of the things that break his heart that when we're disappointed in him and we're mad at him because he doesn't allow something to happen. And really what is happening in that moment is God is saying, I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to protect you from this so that I don't have to heal you from it. So if you find yourself in a place where you are struggling with your yes to God, I would encourage you to be vulnerable with him. That's what I had to do. I had to go to God and be like, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to listen to you. But in my spirit, I know that it's the right thing. So I need you to help my flesh submit to your will because I want to be pleasing to you. I want to make you happy. I want to be a real example of you. I want to be your ambassador, your representative. And I don't want to have to hide things. I don't want to be ashamed. I mean, I'll use like dating as an example, right? So I made the decision to be celibate. It was something that God had been calling me into for years, um, which is a whole other conversation. But I made that decision And one of the things, literally any time that I've been like talking to a guy and it hasn't worked out, I've always been so grateful that I didn't give a piece of myself away. It took me a long time to get to that point. And guess what? It's made it easier to walk away from things that God didn't have for me in business and opportunities. There have been times, and I mean, as recently as this year, where, I mean, I had six-figure contracts on the table. And like people would just go ghost and it would fall apart. And then a pandemic hits and God says, see, I was looking out for you. You didn't know, but I knew what was coming. And while you were disappointed, 
and your heart was broken. And I was sad because your heart was broken. I knew what was best for you. So even in those moments where my heart was broken, I still said yes to God. I didn't rebel. I didn't turn to the things that I would normally turn to, which would be a man or, you know, down in a whole bottle of wine in one sitting and just like those things that are so toxic. So if you find yourself struggling with this, please know that obedience and saying yes to God is really the best decision that you can make for your entire life. I know it's not going to be easy. And sometimes it's going to feel like a sick joke, if I can be honest. Sometimes it's going to feel completely unfair. You are going to watch people who don't even think about God seemingly prosper. And you're going to wonder what's going on. But in due time, God reveals all things and all things are made beautiful in his timing. So you have to say yes to God because you want God, not because you want his hand. If you're saying yes to God because you only want what his hand provides, you'll be disappointed every time you don't get something that you think that he should give you. But if you say yes to him just for the sake of relationship, you'll be able to better roll with the punches that are going to come. And I'll stop there. I'll stop there. Girl, uh, <laughs> this thing is deep. It gets deep. And this is all connected. To, y'all, I have lost money over disobedience in my last relationship every single time. And me and this man, because I struggled, because I was on the fence, we were not actively having sex like every single day, right? But any time that I would fall, I lost money in my business. I'm not making this up. And I've heard other women testify to the same thing. There's a woman, and I won't tell her name because I don't have her permission to, but she's a well-known like uh, social media influencer. And she has publicly talked about the one time that she had sex with somebody and lost $30,000 like the wow. next day. And she said it happened another time and she lost $50,000. And the thing is, is that I don't want people to think about God as a tit for tat God. You know, Christ died for the remission of our sins. But the thing is, is that when we teach that Christ died for the remission of our sins, that simply means that you won't die in your sin. There was a time before Christ shed his blood on the cross that if you did something wrong, oh baby, you would be struck down like two seconds later, right? Yeah. I mean, you didn't even have a chance to do anything. You thought about it and it would just be the end of it, right? But when Christ died for the remission of our sins, what that meant is that you're not going to die in your sin, but that does not mean that there isn't a... I'm using consequence for lack of a better word, but that does not mean that there is not like, you know, I have to say consequence. I'm, I'm trying to be PC with it, but it is what it is. That if you do something that is not pleasing to God, there's going to be an adverse thing that happens on the other end. It could be something very small or something very big. And the closer and closer that you get to God, the less he's going to be playing with you. Because and it says in the word in the New Testament that when you know better, you have to do better. That is not just a quote that your mama made up, but it's in the Bible, right? To have knowledge of something, you are now held responsible for it. And the greater the calling on your life, the greater the responsibility is. This thing is deeper and it's bigger than just spiritual it impacts every area of your life yeah it's very deep and i'm so glad that you said that because a lot of people want the platform they want the following or you want the podcast that reaches all these people you want the successful business but like you said with that god is not playing with you mm -hmm. because now it's not just you now it's souls Ooh. attached to what's going on and i'll be trying to explain to people like, and i always talk about responsibility on this show and I'm like, listen, I don't want any smoke with God. It's mm -hmm. bigger than who can I interview and get my listenership up. I am not providing a platform for anybody that's going to promote the enemy's agenda. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not sure in my heart and I'm not discerned that you are indeed somebody that's called by God, I'm not interviewing you on my platform. It's not going to happen. Or even with like our, our business with Anchor Media, a lot of people will say, like, why is your process so deep to help mm -hmm. podcasters? 
because you think I'm going to build an altar for the enemy. You think I'm going to contribute to building an altar for the enemy. So this show got all of these listenership, but they're promoting the devil's agenda and not God's. You think I want that on me? <laughs> you must have lost your mind. I don't yeah. want no smoke you got. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm listening. I read the Old Testament like you were saying. It was always <laughs> a life for a life. Okay. Yeah. That's how it is. It's a life for a life. And thankfully, Jesus came. We ain't just falling dead like they was knowing back then, but still, like that's still have responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> we still have responsibility. Still have responsibility, and so I'm so glad you talked about that. And I really hope that people are okay with taking their time to be developed, and it's not to put anybody down for not being perfect or not mm-hmm. being a certain place, but it's to understand that there's a pruning process before you can get to the prosperity that you're praying for. Mm, and you yeah. have to submit to the pruning process no matter how long it takes, no matter how much you have to sacrifice, no matter how much you think you lost, because it's ultimately going to prepare you for what's coming. It's going to prepare you what God has for you. And he's going to allow you to recover everything that you thought you lost in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm so, so, so glad you touched on that. I mean, we could really go in like all day. Yeah, we might have <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for it because we could definitely, it's so much more to unpack. And again, I don't want people, you know, to be afraid of this part of the journey. I think a lot of times people are afraid to say yes because you feel like you're going to be giving up something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. A lot of times people are afraid to say yes because they feel like they're missing out. Saying yes, my life is the littiest it has ever been. Okay in a different way, right? So no, I'm not turning up in the club every weekend. No, I'm not out here, you know, just doing what I want to do. But I literally have so much more peace, so much more joy, and so much more fun because I am obedient to God. And it's not scary. It's, you know, against what's natural for our flesh, but God provides. And like I said, all things are made beautiful in his timing. So you don't have to be afraid of it. Just understand that you have responsibility. And like you said, I don't want no smoke for God. I don't want any blood on my hands. I don't want to stand before God. It's a couple things we might have to talk about. One of them will not be Oh, why did you lead these people astray? Or why didn't you bless the person that I told you to bless? Why didn't you do the thing that I told you to do to help save that life that you didn't know that you were supposed to even save? Because you thought it was about what you wanted to do. But God says, no, I had something bigger. I just needed you to say yes. So yeah, say yes to the Lord. Yes, yes. We're gonna end it right there because we we really covered a lot. But before you go, like tell us about the six figure society and also the prosperity blueprint that you guys offer. Absolutely. So the Six Figure Society is an online community and also a coaching community as well, where I work with clients on more of a group basis, which also helps with the investment. So I told you all. At the beginning of my story, I didn't have any money. I battled with God about the Six Figure Society. It's taken years to get the Six Figure Society to even be out, to be a public thing, because I wanted to make more money, if I could be completely honest. Um, But the Six Figure Society is designed to have like a lower investment so that more people can really get the help that they need in a more of a group setting. So we help people to make their first six figures or their next six figures. This community, this program is ideal for those who are maybe making about $250,000 or less per year. If that's you, then you would fall into kind of like the ideal client for this particular program and community that we have created. When we do monthly coaching calls, I do pre-recorded teachings, there's opportunities for one-on-one sessions. So it's a really valuable and fruitful program. And like I said, we help people to make their first six figures or their next six figures. We offer a free prosperity blueprint. So you can literally go to our Instagram page at underscore the six figure society. When you go there, you will be able to download the prosperity blueprint, which shows you how to prosper in every area of your life, but also how to make multiple streams of income as well. So financial prosperity as well. Yes. And I'll put the links to all of that, you guys in the show notes so that you have easy access to it. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on a podcast. Like this was amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. 
Yes. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you next week.